passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wei take the mic. Welcome to rewind a raw. It's John Pollock and waiting a happy belated birthday, Mr. Tang. Thanks, John. Thank you. We're both 37 now. We are. 74. 74? Oh, total. Yes, yes, we are a combined total. Or, uh, you know, as we usually kind of cal- calculate uh, on, on these shows, we are both s- uh, sword, cross swords and uh, skulls this year. Okay, yes. Yeah, exactly. Kind of a holdover from last year, a little bit. You know, they, there is a subtle change. They added two swords instead yeah, of one, just exactly. the one sword. So it's a big difference. Oh, it's their their second stab at things. Yeah, back to back to business. Maybe they should have had um, back in business, like like vaccine needles instead. Ooh, uh, you know that would be a great place to administer vaccines, wouldn't it? You know, well, I mean, to, uh, Raymond James Stadium is a vaccine site. Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. So yeah. you come to WrestleMania with your price of ticket, you also get a vaccine. And then you can come the next day for your second dose. How perfect is that? I don't think that's how it works, but sure. Why not? Yeah. All right. Whatever. Well, you can upgrade your tickets and get the vaccine special. Why not? Well, I, I, I do hope that, um, you know, um, we, we, we get to that level of uh, administration at some point. seems like the wait is taking forever here. In, in our part of the world. It's it's getting better if you're in that um sixty to sixty four range. There it's it's going pretty quick there. I have uh three family members that all got appointments today for their first vaccine in that in that age group. So hmm. it seems that, that is the that is the age range you want to be in right now. So you're not quite there at thirty seven. No, I'm not. I'm not quite there. And you, you and I are going to be going on like Christmas morning to get our first doses. That's probably what Ontario is going to be, uh, speed wise, getting us to. Might be the case right now, but yeah, it's uh, if you're if you're 59, sorry. If you're 65, no, sorry about that too. But you get a you know discount bus pass, so that's kind of nice. But if you're in that 60 sweet spot, the 60 64 range, congratulations. And this is going to be some fake IDs going out. Oh, yeah, I'm 62. <laughs> uh, and then I mean, like, way easier. Uh, like if you're if you're 55 or 85, I mean, there's a wide range of what could pass for 60 to 65. Very true. You think there'll be like a bouncer at the door, like looking at your ID, checking to see if you're actually 60. You know, 
I don't want to go on too many detours tonight because there's like 10 million things we have to talk about. But when I worked at the movie theater, there was the 65 and older discount where you would get X amount off your t- 65 and older. You got a discounted price. And there was one woman who would card people like senior citizens. She would card them. <laughs> and it was just so <laughs> awkward every time she would do it that here are these people who are legitimately 65 years old that are not trying to game famous players to get a $2 discount. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're, you're 65, but she'd like hold it off and look and cross-reference. It's like, my God. The thing is, if, she, if that person ever f- caught one person trying to cheat the system, they would think that their work was justified. I wouldn't have even cared. Uh, if you like, you know what? If if you're if you're going to this length, I'll give you I'll give you a free movie pass. Honestly. Wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know if that's happening. I think they have probably more thorough checks for something like this. Probably. Okay, let's talk about uh, what's coming up this week. This is a massive week on the Post Wrestling Cafe. There is something every day of the week for your enjoyment. On Tuesday. We're going to have Rewind Away. I'm looking forward to this one. We're going back to review Evolve 1 from January of 2010. And we're going to have a QA and a up on the site uh, for free for everybody with Lenny Leonard, the voice of Evolve. He's going to chat about this show. And then you can join the cafe and listen to Way and I review this big event from 2010. Davey Richards versus Kota Ibushi. That's a great get, John. Um, I'm looking forward to that. This is a pick, of course, from our friend John Ceno for Rewind Away. And, man, some of the names that appear on this show from their 10-year-ago incarnations include Johnny Gargano. Wait till you see Ricochet's hair on this show. Um, might be a look he would think about going back to at this point. You know, refresh that style. But, uh, you know, like even somebody like uh, Chris Dickinson looking almost unrecognizable. And uh, man, some of these other other names. Who am I, who else is on the show? I mean, Bobby Fish versus Kyle O'Reilly is That's on the, the show. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's it'll be one that that'll be really fun to talk about because of just like how important so so many of the names are today. Yeah, a lot of this show will be about kind of the formation of this group and and some of its history as well as we go through that. Uh, of course, our regular uh, Wednesday shows will be live with Dynamite after that for our double double plus patrons on Thursday. It's the return of the wellness policy. Every 30 yeah. days, the wellness policy hits, and it's Jordan <laughs> Goodman and waiting. I hope you guys line up for your tests, yes, because it is the return of the wellness policy, 3 o'clock Eastern on Thursdays. We go live once a month talking about uh, several topics that have to do with wellness, mental health, uh, really just kind of uh, all overall well-being in this month. Jordan and I are going to take a bit of a deeper dive into the concept of meditation, um, I'm definitely more of a novice and Jordan is somebody who is a lot more experienced with it. So I'll kind of be picking his brain about it all. Uh, we'll be talking about the Headspace Introduction to Meditation series on Netflix, as well as a book called How to Meditate by Pema Children. So I hope you guys join us in the Post Wrestling Cafe for that. But if you cannot, the archive will be available on Friday. And then you're kicking off a new show on Saturday. That is correct. Yeah. The return of 
our MCU reviews, but the it is our new incarna- incarnation. It is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier that we'll be talking about starting Saturday night slash Sunday morning is when you'll get those podcasts. It's me and WH Park. And if you want a bit of an introduction into this, uh, the, the cast of characters that are there, we have recently released our latest, our final edition of WandaVision right on this free feed. So if you scroll down a couple shows, you'll find uh, not just a review of the WandaVision uh, assembled documentary. You'll find an interview that I did with the commercial man, Ithamar Enriquez, who happens to be a huge wrestling fan himself. But at the end of the show, you'll also get a pretty deep dive uh, preview and primer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So if you join us in the Post Wrestling Cafe, you get all of that, plus we're winding SmackDown on Friday. Yeah, that's a really great show that you guys put out over the weekend, uh, including the interview. So some really uh, interesting stuff about just the someone actually in the process of uh, involved in the filming of this series. And then Sunday night will be live right after Fastlane. And we will be talking about what the point of this show was. And that will be live for our Double Double Ice Cap and Espresso patrons. A very packed week. I'll also make mention that Thursday there will be a bonus British Wrestling Experience roundtable looking at the career of Sting. And Martin has enlisted Nate Milton and Chris from L.A. to talk about the legacy of one Steve Borden. I think that actually teases up to the main event of post-wrestling this week because uh, just like last week was WH Park Week, I want to christen this week Nate Milton Week here at the post-wrestling network because not only will he be joining the British Wrestling Experience on their roundtable talking about the man called Sting, this Saturday also sees the release of the latest edition of the Rocky by View Picture Show. He will be talking about Moana, um, arguably... Uh, the maybe maybe the rock's greatest contribution to date moana and to celebrate nate milton and rocky Maya via picture show week our rolling sales continue at the, the post wrestling store store.postwrestling.com we are giving patrons an unprecedented seven dollars off of the rocky Maya via picture show why seven dollars or should i say seven bucks oh the rock Dwayne Johnson, of course, famously uh, has said in 1995, I only had seven bucks to my name. And then I became, I'm paraphrasing here, and then it became a millionaire. So we're offering you the same chance, everybody. We're basically allowing you to be a millionaire. But we're allowing you to save the $7 when you buy the Rocky Maya Be a Picture Show shirt. Anytime from here, now, this point till next Monday, uh, you get $7 off for all patrons. So essentially, if you want to become a new patron, you're, you're basically getting a free membership this month with... Uh, a Rocky Maya V picture show t-shirt and you get to be a future millionaire just like the rock did what other patron what other patreon can offer you such a guarantee as Drew McIntyre said guarantees are very tough because they can uh if you don't deliver then you lead to a big letdown among fans well we never let anyone down here at post wrestling and we won't be doing that on Saturday, April the 3rd because I guarantee one of the biggest days in post wrestling history it is post podcast day beginning at noon eastern. Saturday, April 3rd, we are going to have six live shows. All all patrons at all levels will be able to watch and listen to our live shows. We have announced a live edition of Ask Away. We have also announced a special edition of the British Wrestling Experience, and ben, as Benno and Martin will go through the history of WCW in Europe. And we have two new shows to announce. Braden Harrington and Davey Portman will come together, and they are going to sp- 
present a very special up next, and it is called Worst WrestleMania Matches Ever. The worst WrestleMania matches ever. Wow. The worst WrestleMania matches ever. You know, I love their best match ever series. A worst match ever series? Sign me up. That might yes. be even better. Get wow. ready. Sit back and turn on Big Show and Aki Bono. They will be going through the worst that WrestleMania has had to offer since 1985. But that's not all. It's a special assembly for post-podcast day. From different parts of the country, the Nubian wrestling advocates will be coming together. Nate Milton, Andrew Thompson, and Chris from L.A. will be live on post-podcast day. I'm a that's that's big news to me because I'm a huge fan of that show. Typically, that show uh, only exists in the Kings of Sport world on their Patreon, but uh, the fact that they're able to bring it here for us, it is uh, one of my favorite shows, and they're three of my favorite minds you know, when it comes to pro wrestling. So, I am looking forward to the return of the NWA. So it is building up Saturday, April the third, for all patrons uh, to take part in. Whole schedule for the week is up at postwrestling.com and. Definitely go check out the uh, finale of Rewind Division. So uh, some great stuff of late. We also have an interview today up with Anthony Kingdom James, a friend of the site. Uh, he is involved with this new book on Steve Austin that ECW Press is putting out together. And he did the illustrations and shared some like interesting uh, details because this book was in conjunction with WWE and some of the restrictions that they had. Who could not be drawn in this book, you can find out in that interview. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. That's, okay. that's a tease right there. Plus, we also talked about the local scene, what impact the pandemic is going to have, and his own views on his future promoting in the city as well. So that is up there if you want to uh, check out that with Anthony Kingdom James. But let's get into the news. There was quite a bit of it. I want to start off with WrestleMania, and you heard several times throughout Raw that the on-sale for WrestleMania tickets was scheduled to be tomorrow, Tuesday. It has been delayed, and they did not have a whole lot of concrete information. If you were someone that was planning this past week for a WrestleMania trip, they kind of just left you out on a limb to assume when tickets will go on sale. They said they plan to have an on-sale date within the week. And that's all that was said. It's honestly quite uncommon, I think, for WWE to announce something and then like is something like an on sale date and then not go through with it. So if they have delayed it, I'm assuming it was for probably, you know, a reason really out of their control. And with the situation changing as much as it has, I I really can probably understand why they would pr probably have to do this. And unfortunately, not much other info for now. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very um Vague, we saw the uh, it was first reported in the Observer that they were aiming for 45,000 fans per night. So, I mean, this is going to be a big undertaking, and we will see. I mean, last week when they announced this on sale date, uh, they did not announce you know how many they would be looking to hold inside Raymond James Stadium, it was just that. Um, you know, safety protocols and such that would be that information would be released in the future. So would say if you are someone that is planning to go to WrestleMania, you probably have a lot of questions, but I would imagine a lot over the past week and just seeing where it seems that the mindset towards the pandemic is heading once again. I think there are people that are dead set on traveling and going to this event, um, you know, 
flights. I think they had their most travelers in the U.S. since the pandemic began over the weekend. So I think you're, mm. you're starting to see people believe that it's the light at the end of the tunnel and they are rapidly moving back to what is perceived as normal life. We are less than three weeks away from WrestleMania. So, you know, anybody looking to make their reservations, um, I, I'm sure they're, they have questions, but at the same time, I think, I think this year we'll, we'll rely a lot on drive-in traffic, maybe people making those longer drives at, at night. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. So that ties into Dana White's announcement on Monday night. You know, it's a big deal way when I'm putting Dana White right near the top here of the news. Dana White has announced that UFC 261 on Saturday, April 24th, will take place from the ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida, full capacity. How many people? He is stating 15,000 fans. My God. Wow. Sorry, when was that day? April 24th. Full arena, mm. indoors. Dana White is just going full for full force and they have announced three championship fights. We already knew it would be Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade, as well as Zhang Wei Li defending the strawweight title against Rose Nami Yunus. They have now added the main event of the evening, a rematch between Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal. So Leon Edwards, after the no contest on Saturday, not getting the immediate title fight, uh, but instead it will be Jorge Masvidal and actually timing wise, it might actually work out for Edwards that he just fought and could potentially be in line for the winner of this fight unless they feel he needs to fight again after the no contest on Saturday. But this to me is going to be a show more so built around the circumstances and the setting uh, th than any of the fights even. I mean, Usman Masvidal will be your promoted main event, but they are, I'm sure, going to be promoting this as much as UFC's first full capacity crowd since March of last year. Have there been other um, events that have taken place at this capacity that you know of, John? Indoors? Yeah. I'm not aware of indoor events that have been this large. Obviously, we have seen like outdoor stadiums mm -hmm. and, you know, NASCAR so, so stuff, larger crowds so, there. So it's not a case where, I mean, the the government obviously is allowing this in Florida. The mayor put out a statement. Uh, the mayor of Jacksonville put out a tweet tonight just thanking the ufc like welcome wow yeah i mean it's obviously there's like some good news to be found and uh you know um with vaccinations and, and things like that but uh it's it's we're not out of this um like by a long shot so i it's obviously you have to be concerned but this is dana white so in a totally unrelated note um, Fightful Select was the first to report today um, that we can expect to see changes to this week's NXT uh, because it appears that there are more COVID cases at the NXT level. And this is has been a recurring story, but one that nonetheless, it's still concerning when you hear these. Um, the Observer added that what is known is that on Thursday of last week, they were building and moving rings at the building next door to the performance center. And it was said that workers were not wearing masks. Um, so we don't know uh, numbers wise, how many this is going to impact, whether it be positive tests or contact tracing. But on Wednesday, it seems like they're, this will affect Wednesday's show 
uh, in whatever form or fashion it will be. Seems like it. Yeah. You know, on some level, I feel like uh, news like this is inevitable. Anytime you're you're talking about a sporting event with people in close contact, but you also look at, look at these two stories. We just talked back to back. Okay. These are, you know, NXT is not employing 15,000 people. And Mm -hmm. you know, you're talking about these two things together. Doesn't quite add up. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Um, I mean, I also look at like, yeah, I, it, it maybe maybe it's hard to compare like promotions and how often they're they're together. But like, I, I, at least I, we've not heard of maybe um, a mass amount of positives in the way we have heard of several times with the WWE, uh, the way we have like with AEW, for instance. You know, so you, it just uh, it UFC. Me- there's been a ton because there's been so many fights that have fallen apart. Uh, because of people with, with COVID. I mean, you have the, you know, you have the gym situation with, you know, fighters g- getting set, but it's been, I'm sure if you were to go back and add that up, like the UFC, it's been a high number of fighters that are, and those around them that have contracted it over the past year. Getting this close to WrestleMania, I imagine they'd want very, you know, they wouldn't want any of this negative PR affecting any of their press heading to that big show, especially like with the deal with Peacock. So um, and and two nights of TakeOver, two nights of WrestleMania. I mean, that's that's a realistic uh, concern to have going into that week. But, I mean, you just you, – you see this of what WWE is going through. And even if it's a small number, it's it's a number nonetheless. And we, we don't know. We don't really know what the number is. But when you're talking about running a UFC card, I mean, no no distancing. Like, running at full capacity means you are going to be – like that is not in the, it's not like Daly's place, which is outside and you're in pods and you're separate from people like that seems like you will be uh, you will be taking a risk. And I think part of that is on the the fan that is buying tickets is assuming that risk. I don't think you can go into this naive. Uh, you're understanding what you are signing up for and hopefully it turns out fine. But that would not be a ticket I would be going after. But I'm not I don't speak for everybody. New Japan Cup, uh, over the weekend, we had uh, the conclusion of the second round, actually, that wrapped up today. Uh, Kenta defeated Minoru Suzuki. Shingo Takagi beat uh, Hiroki Goto. That was on Saturday. Sunday show uh, had Will Ospreay beat Zack Sabre Jr. in an outstanding match. Uh, Did you get to see any of this? I saw that match. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, as you would expect from the two, but um, yeah, it was great. Highly recommended. Yeah, I thought Zach was a terrific babyface. Uh, Osprey, I loved when he teased the space flying tiger drop, and instead he just slides. I don't do that anymore. Uh, but Osprey was great. Got his nose busted up, but did work today's show. And then the other um, second round match on Sunday was Sonata beating Yuji Nagata, and then today David Finley beat Yoshihashi, and Jay White pinned Hiroshi Tanahashi after hitting the Blade Runner. So that sets up the quarterfinals. We're at the Elite Eight. So Tuesday, it's Shingo against Kenta, Evil versus Yano, and then Thursday is Jay White versus David Finley that has a cool backstory to it, and Will Ospreay versus Sonata. That is our final eight. All right, good-looking final eight. Did you get to uh, sample any of AEW Dark Elevation, a two-plus-hour premiere tonight? Oh, man, not yet. Have you? I got to see a bit of it. I was... I think that Paul White is going to do just fine in commentary. He seemed to be, it seemed like he did research. He came across very 
very good playing off of Tony Schiavone. And you can see like he has the right attitude about doing this, like being very self-deprecating about himself, going out of his way to put the ta- – I only saw two matches, but like you could see he was really trying to emphasize the talent um, with Jungle Boy and Danny Limelight. You can tell, and it's not surprising, the fact that he wanted to do commentary. He's definitely coming into this to me with like the right mindset for it. So I'm interested to hear more of him. Obviously, this is very new territory for him, but I I liked what I heard in the limited amount that I saw on on Monday. Get a chance to see any of the features or, or any of the different production elements? I saw the Lee Johnson feature. I mean, it's it's nothing that is going to jump out at you as... You know, it was it was kind of like a mini road to piece, even like shorter. It was about two minutes. And the look of the show, I can't say you're going to be distinguishing this show from Dark itself. It was very much the same. I don't know how much more you're going to do. It's the same venue. It's the same look. It's I mean, people are going to look at this as two more hours of Dark. I don't think you're going to see a giant um, difference between both both versions. See, my biggest curiosity outside of hearing the big show um, is to see how John Cena is able to crap, cram now two editions of AEW Dark into 15 minutes, plus everything else he talks about on Shot in the Dark. Well, I've, I'm not crazy about both being this length. I mean, this was week one. We'll see if this continues. But if we're going to get two hour shows Monday and Tuesday night, it is going to burn even like your hardcore AEW viewer out of dedicating that amount of time for watching different independent wrestlers. I do want to see the show be different, whether it be heavy focus on four matches and do some more personality profiles, be more heavier on promo styles, like make this different in a, in a way that is going to showcase your talent in different lights rather than just in ring. Like I like this could be where someone that's not a great promo can go out and, and, and work on that aspect. I, I just want to see them be different. It's great that this independent talent is getting work during the pandemic, but I think for the viewer and for this show to grab onto people, it's got to differentiate itself from AEW Dark because you have that. And it's a two-hour outlet every Tuesday night. I don't know how much people are clamoring for two more hours of that. And the last note is that SmackDown on Friday did 2,171,000 viewers, a 0.61 in the demo. Uh, so they were slightly down in viewers, uh, but were up a small amount in the 18 to 49 number. In Canada, they did just under 191,000 viewers uh, going against the Ottawa Senators and Edmonton Oilers and the Kings of Sports on Monday or on Friday night in Canada curling. Oh, yes. Dude, curling's yes. a beast. And I've really seen these numbers and stuff. Like, you realize, like, curling's a big deal in this country. Um, somehow it's, it's, it's a phenomenon that I've largely missed. But, um, you know, and I'm uh, never too old to, to get into curling. Yeah. What do they say, like, when you curl? What is this thing, thing you're supposed to yell? What am I doing? <laughs> I don't know. I've gone curling once. I think I went curling with you. We went on a on a company thing. Yeah, it was um, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was okay. Like, like you get it out of your system. It's like I can understand where people get an enjoyment out of this. I I would not be wanting to do this every week of my life, but I, I sure. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, what did they yell during curling? Hurry, hurry, hurry hard. All right. Anything else going on with you, way? Anything else you want to share? Not a whole lot. You had a good birthday? Yeah. yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was nice. I had some good Thai food. 
And uh, yeah, just had a relaxing night in. Well, then you had this. Tonight's episode of Raw, a big show to get you set for WrestleMania uh, with this little distraction on Sunday. Immediately, they announce that it is Bobby Lashley against Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. That's that. We're going to cut through all the BS. Drew's the number one contender. (laughs) He's still going to face Sheamus on Sunday for whatever reason, but we know what the outcome is, so we're just going to announce the match now. Which I, I've got to think that part of this was we need to announce this match tonight because we went into this show and wrote this show with the thinking that tickets are going on sale tomorrow. Mm, good point. Yeah, you could be very right about that. You know, on top of that, I, I suppose it's like, man, how many people truly believe this Sheamus match is going to have any impact in, on, on the result of WrestleMania either way? Um, they did have a longer story to tell throughout the night, kind of catering towards Lashley versus Drew. I, I don't dislike the decision. It's just, you know, not insulting our intelligence. Yes. This show on Sunday, though, is a like if this were the non-network era, I think this show would be one of the lowest bought of all time. Oh, I don't doubt that. Yeah. I mean, they all I think they have enough trouble with like these kind of mid, you know, between Rumble and WrestleMania shows to get people's interest up there. This one. I don't even know how hard they're really trying, to be honest. I don't I don't think they're even trying to I, I don't think they want to make you think any differently than what you know you're getting for WrestleMania. This tonight's show was essentially almost as if it's like Fastlane was last night and we're now making the hard push for WrestleMania. It almost feels like Fastlane is a blip on Sunday. So, the, so certainly the number one priority for, of this company from this point forward until WrestleMania is to try to get as many people migrated over to Peacock as possible. Do you think they did a good enough job tonight? So one thing watching in Canada is that we're not seeing a lot of the ad ad inventory for the U.S. consumer. I would say within the body of the show, which is all we can uh, judge from our perspective, I thought it was fine, but hardly the push I was assuming we would see tonight for this migration on, or I shouldn't even say migration because the onus is on you to sign up for Peacock, but the launch on the 18th this week. I, I didn't think it, it like they were hitting home that Fastlane is exclusively on Peacock and they did it. They r- did run the ad with the discounted price for people signing up. Um, I, I thought it was moderate. I think you came out of it. You would be aware that it's moving the Peacock. But with WWE, they usually just hammer it on top of you. I don't think it was at the level of the on sale date, how it was pushed last week. I thought that was mm-hmm. that was promoted harder last week. I guess, I'm guessing, you know, on Sunday, they'll see how much of the crowd automatically kind of do it themselves. And then I think you'll start to see a real big push, you know, after Fastlane as they head towards the WrestleMania weekend events. Are you expecting that there's going to be a lot of uh, backlash from people that are going to switch over to Peacock and are not aware of the library situation? Because I think I, I'd say a significant percentage probably assume that it's going to be verbatim what the WWE network is now. And it's going to be a a much, much scaled down version of what is there now. Definitely. I think anytime like you change, like we see like interfaces change on Facebook and people complain, you know, a move of this magnitude going into something that I guess, depending on who you ask, might be considered somewhat inferior, uh, but superior in other ways. You know, let's, let's not forget like you get your Peacock's subscription and you get your football and, uh, Newcastle games and whatever, whatever you want to watch. Um, so those are all bonuses that might kind of satisfy uh, some of the 
maybe differences in in uh, uh, access to old wrestling, but you're definitely going to hear a bit more of a vocal minority. I would say, you know, be unhappy with a lot of the the offerings, but I I, I don't think it'll be enough to like you know warrant any major change may or even a response from the company. Yeah, I mean the the counter to that is that those signing up at this discounted price are also going to have the whole Peacock library. You're going to have so much more if that appeals to you. Lashley and MVP come out at the beginning, and Lashley has proven every, everyone wrong. He is going to destroy Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, and then will destroy the rest of Raw. The Miz and Morrison are out, and Miz says it's an honor to share the ring with Lashley. Their rivalry is only beginning and compares them to Hogan Andre, Bretton Michaels, and Austin Rock. And that segues to Miz noting it is 316 week and did the world's most brutal Steve Austin impression. It was pretty bad. You know, before we move on, there, there was quite a bit of talk as I moved in, moved into Zoom tonight on the pre-post show about Bobby Lashley's outfit. What did you think of this look? Um, it didn't, it didn't keep, uh, I don't have a visual in my head of the look. I mean, he's, he's a fairly sharp dressed man. I, that's been my overall impression of it. Um, it what, like what stood striped, out about tonight, though? Well, like a stripy purple suit, um, and certainly not something that everybody could pull off. But I think for him, he looked great. You know, I, I they, so much of this segment to me, they've been doing a great job with Lashley just through the booking and through his in ring. But I think the presentation of him as just this guy who looks like a champion has been really strong. You know, just without even talking, the man seemed to to be elevated by just looking the part. So um, I definitely see him, you know, in a couple weeks, uh, uh, just of holding this belt as like a real strong main eventer. Well, from there, we continue with this uh, dreadful exchange as they talk about Mrs. Cramps. Drew is out. He enters the ring. He just blows past Miz and Morrison, just ignores them and talks to Bobby about how both of them had similar long paths back to WWE. They had to work harder than anyone else. We we left WWE and we started from the bottom. We both had to win the Impact title and then make our way back. MVP notes that Drew still needs to get past Sheamus at Fastlane. Drew could have like shrugged his shoulders at this notion. He runs down MVP. Miz is still there on the apron as just the butt of the joke. And Drew says, you can either attack me from behind or run away as I turn around. But I'm going to hurt you tonight. And they call it a clash of the ages for WrestleMania as he calls Lashley a big bald bitch. And Lashley jumps him when Miz distracts, beats down Drew, and then Miz gets in on the attack. And Sheamus proceeds to come out and attack Lashley on the stage, setting up our two different matches tonight with Drew selling in the ring, and we would go to the Miz match. I, I actually thought it was a pretty successful opening segment, you know, establishing Drew as Lashley's contender while effectively continuing to use Miz there as sort of your comic relief guy who just, despite being destroyed every single week, he still has he's still able to come out and come up with like... <laughs> the most kind of last, last, last ditch efforts in trying to salvage his chances of somehow main eventing WrestleMania. Like the man would just not give up. And I actually found him pretty entertaining here. 
So Schreiber interviews Sheamus, and he wants Drew at 100% on Sunday, and tonight he wants to face Bobby Lashley. A puzzling match to make, but we will get there. So Drew McIntyre is selling the attack, and he goes forward with the match against The Miz, and he just destroyed this guy. Eventually, Morrison throws his sunglasses at Drew. Drew steps on the sunglasses, and this is the opening for Miz to attack him. Drew quickly comes back, inverted Alabama slam. Morrison is also ejected from all of this. And then the skull-crushing finale is blocked. He beats on Miz some more. Uh, rams his head into the steps, which I almost passed out from the camera cuts because every time Miz's head went into the steps, they had to cut to a different angle. This thing was insane. Future Shock DDT, Claymore, but he just sits there, points to the camera, points to the WrestleMania sign, and then applies the Hurt Lock, submitting the Miz in 11 minutes and 19 seconds as yesterday's trash. This went 11 minutes? Yes, with a commercial. Oh, Oh, wow. Well, I was going to say this was like a pretty good dominant squash for Drew, but um, at 11 minutes, I suppose it it was still him beating up uh, on the Miz for most of it, but uh, I guess they just wanted to extend Drew's time on TV. Um, yeah, I thought this was like overall like good build for the WrestleMania main event. You know, you you continue to draw association between Drew and, and Bobby with with Drew even doing his finisher, and you're using the Miz just really as you know your your dummy for your real main eventers to beat up. I mean, you which, know, the Miz next week is going to come back and in, in, with some excuse about why he should still make it to the WrestleMania main event. Sure. Um, we can continue this week after week. Uh, I mean, Drew and Bobby, I mean, they should be plowing through everybody, uh, in the lead up to the, to their match. Um, and that, that's the Miz's role here to just be, uh, to get run over by the, the McIntyre truck. They promoted that Bad Bunny, who won the Grammy award last night for best Latin pop or urban album would be here tonight. But before we could get the Bad Bunny, Braun Strowman calls out Shane McMahon. He says that an apology isn't enough. I've been bullied by guys like you all my life. I didn't go to an Ivy League school like you. Shane says I would never make fun of another human being. Braun knows that McMahons don't apologize for anything. And last week, Shane got scared. And it's why you started to mumble. It's almost like they were trying to cover up for how terrible last week's segment was, that it was like just uh, this disaster that they had to call attention to. Shane then makes fun of Braun's brain flatlining. Braun calls him afraid and says, I want a match with you, Shane, tonight. And Braun, Shane replies, you couldn't handle me. Now I know you're stupid. Then Shane totally butchered his stupid jokes. He couldn't even get them out properly. He said that the T-Rex is extinct because it couldn't adapt. So tonight it will be Brains versus Braun and Shane accepts the match. Right, yeah. Um, Shane was brutal in this segment. I, I, I thought he was better than last week. <laughs> High <laughs> let me, praise. Let, let me just say, I, I don't think any of this is unintended. Like, I think Shane... He, he's supposed I, to screw up his lines as he's re- reciting them? 
Well, you're talking about this week. Yes. What did he screw up again? He was, dude, he had like marbles in his mouth as he was trying to get out stupid is as stupid does and the, okay. the, the stupid tree line. Yeah, yeah. I, I think last, uh, maybe I'm more speaking about last week where like the whole pacing of that thing, I mean, seemed to largely be intentional with whatever he was going for, you know, some, some form of like maybe delayed, like he's operating in a space where, where he's trying to be mysterious about the reason why he's picking on Braun the way he is. Um, and that continues, I suppose it, it's, it's, it was definitely a risky move that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I think at least that was remedied t- t- today with a bit more of a straightforward feud. So I, uh, yeah, like they're definitely doing this uh, faster than we thought. Match to come later tonight. Then Naomi, Lana, Dana, and Mandy were all in the back. Um, I guess what? Going over their match that they're about to have? The four of them? I guess so. What were they chatting about? R-Truth shows up dressed as Steve Austin, and he thinks it's 316 day. He is told it is 315 he offers them beer, but they can't drink because they have a match coming up next. So the tag match saw Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler on commentary. They had the heat on Naomi until Lana got the tag. So she was in with Mandy. Asuka comes out and Baszler gets up from the broadcast area and then goes to fight Asuka, who levels her with a spin kick. Uh, this was Asuka's return after her uh, beat down by Shayna Baszler a few weeks ago. They're separated. Dana makes a blind tag and hits a neck breaker and pins Lana in four minutes and 31 seconds. Match took, yeah, fine. Fine job. This, uh, this was the campaign that Mandy and Dana are on to prove Charlotte that they can face Asuka for the title, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Although it seems like they're being set up for tag team championships. Don't you think? That's right. That's right. It's been a few months since Naya was killing these two by herself. So now we can revisit that that feud. Now that they've beaten Lon and Naomi after the long uh, build up for that one as well. I'm sorry. A lot of a lot of this was just uh, it was. That's here. okay. We'll just go on. Kingston and Woods we'll met it. with met with Riddle and his scooter. Riddle wished them luck. Uh, these three continue to be uh, at another level of irritation. Riddle suggests that they could all go out and get matching tattoos and then go for all-you-can-eat pancakes. Yeah, to which the New Day thought that was moving too soon. Yeah, they're not ready so, to go to the pancake stage yeah. yet with Riddle. I think I think Riddle, I guess, like, they're both pretty obnoxious on their own. But, like, I, I you know, for a long time, the New Day, I, I, I at least, like, it's the type of obnoxiousness that you kind of enjoy. Um, when they join, it just, like, creates, like, a like a Megatron of obnoxiousness to like an unhealthy degree. I just hate these guys together. Well, they were, uh, they had scooters and pancakes on their mind as they challenged Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander for the raw tag titles. Uh, this one went over 13 minutes. It featured, uh, Woods being knocked off the apron. Um, they did this double team maneuver where they sent Kingston, off a monkey flip into a spine buster by Shelton Benjamin. Woods would return. Uh, New Day flew to the floor, but then Kingston is sent into the steps. Woods onto the desk, back from break, and Kingston leaps off the top into a Hurricane Rana, followed with a foot stomp. Uh, Benjamin scales to the top, suplexing him off, and 
you know, they're just going back and forth here. And Kofi lands the trouble in paradise onto Benjamin, takes out Alexander on the floor. And that leads to Woods hitting the elbow drop off the top. And then Kofi is tagged daybreak and the new day win the tag titles 13, 19. They are now 11 time tag champions. You only, you only hit 11 once in your lifetime. So you better cherish 11. That is the magic (laughs) number. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, listen, they are they are your default tag team heading, you know, and, and when it comes time to WrestleMania, you want to put the belt on the marquee team in your division. This is just a quick way to pivot. You know, you feel bad, of course, for the Hurt Business, but they there wasn't a whole lot of interest, I would say, maybe in um, any of the stories. Not that there is in the New Day, but they are bigger names. And uh, this looks like their way of springboarding to a completely brand new match. Involving a brand new team. Yeah, this just came out of nowhere where AJ Styles and Omos came out, congratulated the New Day. AJ announced he has nothing planned for WrestleMania and listed off the the titles he has won without the Raw tag title as one that he has won. And Omos has decided he wants to be the Raw tag team champions. So on the spot, they declare themselves a team and challenge them for the tag titles at WrestleMania. Kofi asks if they're registered as a team or if they even know how to work as a team. Xavier doesn't have any of these questions. He agrees, and this match is made for WrestleMania. Maybe the most amazing title match that has ever been set up. They really weren't even trying with this. Like, no qualifying anything. Um, just to walk out and a challenge, you know, a guy's first match is a title match, but. And they're making this like, this is the draw of the match is seeing Omos finally wrestle. And I guess that includes not even having to have a match prior to get a title match. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This tag division, unfortunately has just been really neglected uh, over the past year on both shows. And, uh, they're just really props to feature single stars, and it continues in WrestleMania with almost. Is this, uh, you know, we don't know if, if maybe they plan something for one of the other nights, but if this is AJ's WrestleMania involvement, is this somewhat underwhelming for an AJ Styles match, or is this kind of where he's at? Tag title program. You know, I wasn't necessarily expecting anything big for him, but I do think it is underwhelming. Um, unfortunately, like with story, it just... He seems to be a utility guy you put on your B-shows to headline them when you need something hot. Uh, but for WrestleMania, like the, it, it seems to be more for you know the Vince projects. And I don't know if AJ is one of those guys. He's just sort of a guy now that you use in clutch roles. And this will have to be a very carefully put together match. Omos is very inexperienced. I mean, that's kind of the, the draw of this is seeing him wrestle. Uh, but I totally think they're winning the tag titles. Yeah, sure. Who cares? Makes no difference. That's the tagline for the match. It doesn't matter. Like, do you care if the New Day lose the belts? Do you care if, like, Omos and AJ win the tag team championships? It's just, yeah, I think he should win. It's it's his first match. Miz and Morrison were backstage. They met with Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. And they joked that Miz has looked awful lately since losing the title to Lashley. And they laugh about him. Miz goes over his accolades and asks, what titles have you won? To Damian Priest, who says, well, maybe I can start now. As he stands up to Miz, I don't know what title he was going after that Miz does not own. 
our truth appears. He's still dressed up as Austin. He's got the Smoking Skull Championship and a lunchbox, and he's coming up for, to attack Bad Bunny, but is caught by Priest, and he ends up giving Bad Bunny all of this Austin merch, including the Smoking Skull title. And Bad Bunny asks our truth, "What would you like?" And he points to the twenty four seven title. Bad Bunny respects our truth. Knows that this is his baby, so Bad Bunny gives the belt to R Truth, who is now the twenty four seven champion. Is this the most uncreative stuff? You like the way to build up this tag title match, the way to get this belt off Bad Bunny? Like Jesus, did they just like go on Twitter and ask the first person that popped up? What's the easiest way we can do this? Well, not for a second, though. I think you're going to have your Grammy Award winner, you know, get pinned. Like, suddenly, Bad Bunny, I'm not even going to say suddenly, this entire time that he's been associated with the company, he is he is going to be more well-protected than Drew McIntyre. You're not going to be... He's not going to get pinned at WrestleMania. He's not going to get pinned at all. Um, he is, like, the WWE's link to the Grammy Awards, to SNL. They had the goal of, like, the announcers saying... Oh, Bad Bunny's been on quite the roll. He's won the 24-7 championship, hosted SNL. He won a Grammy Award. He put They put the 24-7 championship on the same level, in the same status as those other things. And um, the, the, he is a godsend for this company in terms of mainstream interest. Um, and you know what? I don't think they're wrong at all to think that way because he is somebody who could be a difference maker for these shows. He's already on their posters. And I think... I don't think pinning him... Uh, it's the 24-7 title, but who cares? But like, I can also understand why they wouldn't want to pin him with R-Truth or somebody else. Maybe they were really hoping that he would wear this belt on the Grammys. And once the Grammys were over, it's, we got to keep this division rolling. This is the 24-7 title, and it's inactive. We're missing yeah. out on all these gold segments on Raw by having it on Bad Bunny. So thank God that we can get back to normal. I'm, I, I guarantee you they would have at least suggested that he showed up at the Grammys with it. Probably like, dude, I went on SNL with your fucking title. <laughs> I am not going on the Grammys with this thing, too. You're pushing it, guys. So there you go. New 24-7 champion. Then Tom Phillips makes the note about the WrestleMania on-sale date being moved as they finalize plans. Jackson Riker and Damian Priest. We can say they definitely learned from the Damian Priest-Elias match because this one went 36 seconds and Damian Priest hit the lights in 36 seconds to win the match. Shouldn't be anything more. Yeah. That leads to Elias attacking. He gets the guitar, but Bad Bunny grabs the guitar away. Elias then lifts Bad Bunny, but Bad Bunny fires back with a punch. Priest makes the save and hits hit the lights to Elias, and Bad Bunny is so spooked by what could have happened. He is grabbing his chest this was like the most frightening thing that almost happened to him. Elias attacking him. Well, then John Morrison comes out, distracting Priest and Bad Bunny, leading to the Miz showing up from behind and breaking the guitar over the back of Bad Bunny. Yes. You see the headlines now. Grammy Award winner gets hit with the guitar. Like this was, I think, you know, just a tease of like Bad Bunny getting physical. He got a bit of a sense of maybe some of his training, and uh, yeah, starting to push that match pretty hard for WrestleMania. 
Sarah Schreiber interviewed Lashley and MVP stated that Sheamus won't be 100% at Fastlane. What happens to Sheamus is what will happen to Drew at WrestleMania. Our match between Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman never got started, but boy, did they pay this one off. Shane delays, saying he needs to warm up. So he's on the ground. He does push-ups, and then he goes to the side of the ring where he has set up hopscotch. He has a mm-hmm. mat to do hopscotch on. Dude, what did yeah. this guy do during the commercial break to set up all these stunts? This guy was like auditioning for Home Alone 8 here. Maybe they've already got all this stuff under the ring. Just in case? Yeah. Just in case Shane wants to play hopscotch and whoever have mysterious yeah. liquid? So Braun chases after Shane, grabs onto him, and throws him into the barricade. Then he sets up for the Strowman Express. He runs around the ring right into a camera that Shane nails him with. And Joe says, talk about an extreme close-up. <laughs> and then forget about all the legends that come back this time of year. Forget about Edge, Christian, Sting, the biggest comeback of 2021. Shane McMahon's punches. It's Ooh. WrestleMania season. Shane's punches were back. Well, that's what I would subscribe to Peacock for. Oh, the yeah. best of Shane's punches. He attacks Braun with his with his illegal left and right, <laughs> lays him out on the desk, and then 51-year-old Shane McMahon leaps off the top with an elbow drop. Could you have imagined Gerald Briscoe doing this to Steve Austin in 1998 because that's like the age proximity that Shane is now in. Wow. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. He, uh, but they were very different people physically. I think he puts Braun through the table with the elbow calls him stupid, but that's not enough. He goes underneath the ring and he pulls out a giant bucket and proceeds to pour green slime all over Braun as he repeats stupid is as stupid does but that's not enough he's got a second bucket of green slime I think the point was made I think the visual was there but we needed the second bucket of green slime and then in the greatest moment on Raw Braun staggered to his feet shaking in anger as the slime dripped off his face and yelled, I'm going to rip you in half. You love this segment. Oh, God. Sure. Just continue. I guess the props department had like some leftover goop from Alexa and Randy and just recolored it green. Maybe they got a deal. Maybe maybe department. Randy was supposed to vomit this shit up, but they were like, nah, this is not realistic. We need black goo. Well, what are we going to do with all the green goo? I've got an idea. I will say, I thought they were just going to stall again for this one. And then we were going to get weeks and weeks of stalling all the way till WrestleMania. But they gave us a lot of physicality here. And obviously, big table spot. And, I mean, a WrestleMania level slime spot here. No, a fast lane level slime spot. Oh, fast lane level slime. Yeah, sure. Because that's when the match is taking place. Sunday. 
Yeah, hard for me to think that they would put all this work into this and just have a match at Fastlane, so I have to think they're setting up for some stip match at WrestleMania. And sh- shooting an angle Sunday to lead to something? Yeah, or no contest, some some disputed finish. Maybe Shane even wins. But uh, yeah, now I'm trying to just, like, I'm just thinking what Shane's going to be jumping off of from Raymond James. There was a Rhea Ripley promo. Slime match? Um, I mean, the fact that it's green slime, you know, is very on brand with Nickelodeon. Um, What could they do? Conor McGregor's coming. Why? Green slime? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Rhea Ripley, uh, can she just not find Tropicana Field? Is she lost? Is she... She made it here in January for the Rumble. She's walking. Oh. She's walking here from, um, like, Australia. That's a long walk. And a swim, yeah. A couple swims. Alexa's in her playground, and she says, if Randy Orton wants her out of of his life, you'll have to take me out, and you will have that chance this Sunday. And she laughs. So they are teasing you with a match. Without outright saying there's a match on Sunday between these two. Yeah. Or take me out. Could that mean something else? Um, maybe he'll do uh, Franz Ferdinand karaoke. Oh, okay. I was thinking more like, you know, the, I don't know, the drive-through. Uh, oh, okay. The way you say take me out. Um, yeah, the drive-in. That this theater. turns into a romance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it turns into a bad romance. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Be our musical guest at WrestleMania. Oscar and Shayna Baszler. Um, Baszler says she loved knocking her teeth out and she's going to do it again. Oscar attacks both Baszler and Jax. There's a hip attack that sends Jax off the apron. She's all aggressive. Uh, the Kirafuda clutch gets countered to the Oscar lock, then back to the Kirafuda clutch, but Oscar rolls on top, pinning your tag champion in 90 seconds, but the clutch is still applied. Asuka then blocks the kick. Oh, we should also mention the knee spot in this match where she drills Asuka with this knee against the ropes and they showed this thing in slow motion. Um, Let me just pray that Shayna Baszler has the greatest working knee spot in the industry because this would really suck for Asuka if it wasn't. Agreed. Yeah. Um, it's they were definitely trying to make things look as realistic as possible. So let's hope this was just artistry. I thought you actually kind of had something with these two. And I mean, in 90 seconds, we just did the match. Um, it doesn't feel like they're going. Mm. I think it, I think they are. I mean, this was uh, somewhat of a disputed finish. I mean, it was Oscar winning, but Shayna ultimately choking her out and standing tall at the end of it all. And plus, with all the all the physicality afterwards, I definitely think they're building to a second one. I think this was more so like them wanting to give Asuka some revenge for like, you know, Shayna knocking her teeth out. Do you think we could have just done this segment as this big brawl? Not do a match for 90 seconds? Perhaps. But I, I also don't think the result of the match is on people's minds at the end of it. Well, like, exactly. So why even do it? It was forgotten about. You remember the angle. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I guess I just don't think it hurts. Asuka blocks a kick and is continuing to go after Baszler, use the Ko- uh, Kawada kicks, 
and then curb stomps her into the turnbuckle in the corner, uh, the spot that Sean Spears did to Sammy Guevara last week, and then removes the turnbuckle pad, evil Toriano influence, and then takes out Shayna's mouthpiece, placing Shayna's mouth onto the buckle and was going to curb stomp her into the exposed buckle when the referee intervened. This is the referee with the conscience who stopped Seth Rollins in the Hell in a Cell with Bray. And just, what are you doing? You're going too far. And got in the way here. So you're probably right that they that this has to lead to somewhere beyond this. But I guess that's, they kind of are leaving the women's title picture pretty wide open as everyone is vying for Asuka with Charlotte, Dana, Mandy, Baszler's in the mix here. Uh, and what they ultimately do. Maybe it's going to be a case where it's going to be multiple nights and you have Rhea Ripley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how all that plays out. We'll see if this even maybe makes its way as a singles match to Mania or if they do some sort of a four-way or something like that. But I thought they there, there was really strong work here. I love like an intense Asuka who is out to kill. And, uh, you know, much like a lot of happy accidents in pro wrestling, I mean, it's never nice to have your teeth knocked out, I'm sure. But there's certainly running with that incredible visual of Asuka getting her teeth knocked out. And then they're building a whole storyline out of it that has, you know, some real kind of uh, juice in it already. So I, I, it's a match I'm suddenly interested in. Ali is lecturing retribution as Riddle just cruises by in the middle of their conversation on his stallion. Uh, this is where they announced the updated lineup for Fastlane with Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. And just looking at all these match graphics, it's really hard to sell any kind of grudge when you've got in the corner Old Spice. Smell ready for anything. Yeah. Um, you never headed into a fight wearing some Old Spice? You don't want to smell bad during a fight. Um, do you want to smell great? I'm sure your opponent would appreciate it. Wow. I wonder if they do wear deodorant in wrestling. I mean, you're cooperating with somebody and you putting them in headlocks and getting really, really close. Sure, it's appreciated. Proper hygiene. Riddle and Mustafa Ali for the United States title. Uh, Ali sent Riddle into the edge of the desk on the floor, so he's grabbing his throat, and then Ali hit a swinging neckbreaker off the apron to the floor as Riddle had a comical reaction to this neckbreaker. After the break, Riddle did his comeback, Broton, Fisherman Buster, and then T-Bar is distracting the ref as Riddle has a roll-up. Ali reverses the cover, but the ref is distracted, so Riddle gets out, hits Bro Derek, and pins Ali in 8.52, Retribution chases Riddle out, and you won't believe it. But Ali has a fit, and he's pissed at Retribution. Yeah, I'm waiting for something to happen already with this thing. Like, are they going to turn on him? Is he going to turn on them? It's been weeks and weeks and weeks of this like incompetence. You know, he's he's a very he gives a lot of chances. This Riddle, he he's going to bat for these guys. I think he I think he sees the positive in these guys deep down. So yeah, he's he's very patient. Randy says he's uh, that Alexa dared him to kick her out of his life, and that's exactly what he's going to do. Yep. Drew comes out. He had to do this terrible comedy at the beginning about showering. He was talking about personal hygiene here. No, very important. Answered your question. Yeah. 
He spoke about MVP making a guarantee earlier. He said guarantees are dangerous because if you don't deliver on your guarantee, fans get upset. So I guarantee this Sunday, Seamus, we are going to have an exploding barbed wire death match. No, he says, Seamus, it has come down to this. Sunday, I guarantee you, we are going to have a really physical match. And we're going to beat the hell out of each other. Why is this match happening, Seamus? I have no earthly idea. What has been done to correct last week's no contest? Nothing. We're having a normal match with no stipulation, no rules that will prevent the exact same thing from happening if we use steps. I've already got this match at WrestleMania, so it doesn't matter. We've also booked you in the next match to lose to my more important opponent next month. Everything about this is a mess, Seamus, but I guarantee you we're going to be very physical on Sunday. But that's all I'm going to guarantee because I'm promising nothing more than the bare minimum that you and I will touch. I'm surprised he was so revealing. He let it all hang out here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a lame duck match. That is what the stipulation is. No, you got to feel bad for these two because they put so much work into the story and it just like gets treated like it's just man nothing um and i think this was really supposed to end weeks ago but then they really liked that match so they decided to do it again and then again for this pay-per-view uh we all know what the result is going to be although don't you can don't all rule though. Out. if they if they're overthinking themselves that would be a terrible mistake yeah uh i, I mean i'm sure like somebody can cause somebody like lashley can come out and cause seamus the 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 match, but they shouldn't do that. Not not no. during WrestleMania season. Um, and there's no interest even after this in a Drew Sheamus challenge for the belt. Like, who cares at this no, point? No, they've like Drew beat him clean. They they've done this. Like, I I am sure that this program to know all the twists and turns of how this thing was just destroyed <laughs> of what we got on air. I'm sure that there's been plenty of it. But uh, what? A, yeah. Like, just if you were to tell me, okay. We want them to have two matches on TV, and then they're going to have a pay-per-view match. Okay, not ideal, but you could lay them out in such a way that leads to the no-DQ match at the pay-per-view on Sunday as your finale. But instead, mm-hmm. it's this has been all over the place. So let's just end this with a very yeah, physical and I, match. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really all Drew can say is a guarantee of a high-intensity, violent matchup. I mean, the matches have been good. They're at least telling you, like, you're going to get a match on Sunday. It's yeah. probably going to be your standard 20-minute match. It's It's been done, but I mean, they'll have a fine match. It's just, man, have they... But who cares? That's who it. Cares? Nobody cares. And putting Sheamus in this, this match here with Bobby, like, you can't beat Bobby. You He's the priority over Sheamus, but you are somewhat trying to sell this match on Sunday. So I just thought the booking of this main mm. event just... Like I, don't it's think, a total... I, I don't think it's their priority. Their priority is WrestleMania at this point. And Fastlane is just But like... I'm I'm the viewer that's supposed to be intrigued to watch on Sunday. Yeah. Well, hopefully you like Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns as a, as a draw. And this will just be your bonus, you know, uh, violent match on the undercard. Lashley gets an over-under on Sheamus as Tom Phillips notes that Lashley has a good MMA background. So... They had a physical match. Was it a very physical match? Did we go into that territory? It got pretty physical, I think. 
It's all Lashley when they come back from break until he runs into the corner. I've been very critical of this the spot that they do in every single big match. But my God, did Bobby throw everything into this? I thought he was going to break this post. Yeah, they said how the ring might have Shook. shifted. Probably didn't, but hey. This this is where you needed that corner cam that, that Noah uses terribly. This one, maybe you could have gotten away with it. So Sheamus attacks the arm, top rope clothesline, but Bobby is kicking out at one. And they note, who else kicks out early? Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Sheamus goes for a brogue kick. It's sidestepped. The hurt lock gets stopped with elbows. And then Lashley hits a flatliner, a superplex, and then the spear gets stopped with a knee strike from Sheamus. Uh, it got good, especially towards the end. He hits a white noise and got a two count, which really is a moral victory for Sheamus, just to get a two count on Bobby. He calls for the brogue kick. He is speared in midair, in mid-brogue kick, and Lashley pins him in 17 minutes and 39 seconds. But Bobby's not done. He applies the hurt lock onto Sheamus. Sheamus is tossed down like trash. And then Drew gets into the ring, and your go-home image is Drew standing eye-to-eye with Bobby Lashley as Sheamus is down in the corner. (laughs) Fastlane can't come quick enough. And then eventually, Drew Drew capitalizes by Bobby looking down at his victim. And while he's looking away from Drew, Drew nails him with a claymore. And you're telling yourself, man, I can't wait for WrestleMania. But I can definitely pass on Sunday. And that was the show. And that was the point. I mean, that was the point of the show is to get you ready for WrestleMania. And uh, Fastlane, at least with Drew and Sheamus, is really just another match. It's an appearance for Drew McIntyre. Um, so I would say maybe this is not a very good Fastlane go home show. Uh, there might even be more interest in. Fuck. Um, I don't know what, what oh it does does Randy Orton kick Alexa Bliss you know is one of the main main hooks of course you have Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in I think a pretty a match that's been um had a very unique build uh, to say the least and will likely continue beyond Fastlane uh so Fastlane I think is looking at least on the raw side very much a lame duck show but I also think that this raw didn't necessarily change that I think uh, it's going to be basically a test for Peacock's video stream. That's what we're really all going to be tuning into. You know, are there are going to be any problems wrestle for WrestleMania? This is sort of the dress rehearsal. Uh, so it's kind of as much as we can expect. Yep. That's just a show. I mean, this is a very much. This is a show of pretty much a, a run through to make sure Peacock can handle a mid-sized WWE event. Um, it's a very lame duck show, but I think most realize going in based on the build over the last few weeks, that's what this was shaping up to be. Um, how about the programs that are coming into place uh, for Mania? I'm just, I'm very uninspired by just, it just seems like, okay, you two are having a match at WrestleMania. This is why, because Omos wants a tag title. I just think that there is a certain level that for these shows that, I just feel like this feels like we're just plucking people into place for their WrestleMania programs. And it's not as though the last couple of weeks, much less months have been building towards any of this stuff. It's really, it just feels like this is boom. We're just putting people in place for all these programs. I 
I definitely agree with you with, with almost an AJ and that coming out of nowhere with New Day. I mean, it makes you wonder if that was even part of the plan this entire time or if it was something they came up with. You had no association drawn between those uh, in the weeks ahead. But I think that they've done a good job with Lashley and Drew McIntyre, especially on this show. Uh, Lashley continues to just feel like just such a dominant champion. And Drew McIntyre, you know, last week I almost felt like Drew was kind of coming across a little bit heelish. He didn't to me at all on this show. He put the focus on him as the babyface chasing the champion. And I think they're set to have a, a really hot program heading into WrestleMania. I was also, I think they've been doing a good job with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest and Miz and Morrison whatever that match is going to be. You know, you had the Miz have a bit of a spotlight to varying degrees of, I think, uh, success or at least, you know, uh, criticism. But I think he's played the role well. He's at the level of this sort of like obnoxious, annoying character that you just want to see get beaten up. And they've put Damien Priest and I guess Bad Bunny now in that position to do the beating up. So on, on a mainstream level, I think that's going to be a successful match and they've done a good job building it. I think that your two title matches, I think, are in are in good shape for WrestleMania. I just look at filling two nights. I think there's going to be a lot of these examples where it's going to be over the next couple of weeks. We have how many, three more episodes of raw before WrestleMania to put into context and four SmackDowns that there's going to be a lot of this. Suddenly you are paired with this person. This is your mania program. Yeah. Really the timing of fast lane, I think really, um, you know, probably affect. You know what? We've seen them have like months of we- weeks to build up WrestleMania, and it hasn't really helped at all. So maybe it'll be a good thing that you just you know see them have a shorter turnaround to get to WrestleMania. Uh, of course, we also have the return of Asuka doing something with Shayna, so we'll see how that turns into a match itself at WrestleMania. And that one, I do give some leeway with the Asuka injury probably setting back some plans where it was probably up in the air. When you're talking about a concussion, it's like you can't necessarily guarantee when someone's going to be able to come back from that. Um, but yeah, so fast lane, this is what we've got uh, for Sunday. We have six matches announced so far with the big one being Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, Drew McIntyre against Sheamus, Braun Strowman against Shane McMahon, Big E against Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental title, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, and listed here, at least to Wikipedia, Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. They'll be doing something. They'll be teasing something all night. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, you can guarantee probably the Fiend's return, building to the Orton match at some point. I see a title change with Apollo Crews or Big E. Banks and Bel Air, I don't completely shut that down, that you might get a title change either, but I hope not. And everything else will just hopefully be solid matches here. You know, you do have Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, which I think should be a really good match. Uh, Drew and Sheamus should be very physical, even though, you know, the outcome doesn't really matter. That's kind of it. And based on Randy Orton's guarantee of what he's going to do, I think you have a built-in excuse to make this the kickoff match. Oh, interesting. I hope this show stays at six matches. I would love it. Yes, I would love it. Let's go to some feedback before we sign off. Tonight, the show gets a 4.11. We start off with Kate, who writes, I missed most of the first hour since I was checking out Dark Elevation, but what I did see seemed to be a modest improvement on the last couple of weeks. I thought Asuka and Shayna gave a great teaser of what they could do together, and I'm happy to know that Asuka is healthy, and I wish they'd take advantage of the excuse for a feud that's fallen into their lap and make that a program for WrestleMania. 
Seamus and Lashley worked well together, and I thought that it did a good job of making Bobby look just a little more vulnerable than he has while still looking dominant. I can't figure out why they didn't hold off on announcing Drew versus Lashley for Mania and make his match with Seamus a number one contender's bout. It feels like Fastlane needs all the help it can get. I'm also a little annoyed that they're immediately elevating McIntyre versus Lashley to the main event of what I assume is night one of WrestleMania. It feels like Sasha and Bianca have earned that slot. Well, we don't know. That's that's pure guesswork of what's going to headline the show. And I would say that the week of the show, um, we probably will not know. It's it's very unlike them, aside from the three-way women's match a few years ago, that they expressly, that like they actually tell you what is going to be the main event of the show. I think everyone can assume that Reigns and Edge will be one night. Um, I don't throw out Banks and Bel Air, but based on where this program has gone so far, it does not feel like a main event right now. Not at this moment, unfortunately, which I would have disagreed with coming off of, you know, Bel Air making that choice after Rumble. Like, it felt strong. Maybe even then it didn't feel as strong, strong enough to be the main event, but it's certainly been down now with all this Reginald stuff. And, you know, as, as John mentioned, we don't exactly know the reason why, you know, whether or not, like, them pushing Drew versus Lashley so hard tonight had anything to do with the original on-sale date. But we definitely know that this last, like, Drew Sheamus match, this this story arc probably didn't go the way that they had intended, because there's no way they would have had Sheamus lose clean. Like I, I think the whole Chamber. the whole writing of tonight's show seemed geared around putting your raw mania picture in place for people. And I th- like if they in fact were aiming to sell uh, forty five thousand tickets per night, yeah, I think you'd want to use tonight's show to push that and. When this news came down that they could not put tickets on sale, probably was after Raw had been written. And how much are you going to I don't think they should blow up the show either. I mean, WrestleMania is happening. So um, Mm -hmm. I this show certainly had that feel to me of one that was very much pushing Mania. And I'm sure tonight would have been a heavy push on that on sale date tomorrow. All right, finally, we got a Nick who says, with four weeks remaining until Mania, there was definitely a greater sense of narrative urgency throughout tonight's episode. While it would have made made sense to keep all the belts on the Hurt Business, I enjoy the idea of AJ almost attempting to dethrone WWE's tag team mainstay in the New Day. Styles has been one of the most protected stars on any brand and deserved a big spot on the card. These past few months have seen Sheamus at his absolute peak as an in-ring worker, and he had another tremendous showing with Lashley tonight. I'm glad he has he gets a promoted match with Drew on a pay-per-view, and I hope he's rewarded with a spot on the Mania card. With no signs of part-timers like Broxina and The Undertaker, these main events need a no-nonsense build in order to feel massive. Drew and Bobby have to look titanic coming into April, so tonight felt like a step in the right direction. I would also hereby like to start a petition for John and Wade to take Kofi's advice, get the paperwork done, and officially register as a tag team. I feel feel like you guys would get a title shot in no time. I don't know if I'd want those Raw Tag Team Championships. I feel like it would be a step down from even what I'm doing right now. Well, you could say you don't want them, and you could still be given the the chance anyway. Rankings work very different on Raw. Now, the 24-7 title, you know, if I... Maybe bought a replica belt and asked nicely. Yeah, uh, barter. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us, uh, those that joined us live or downloaded the show. We have a packed schedule coming up this week. We will next be speaking with you on Tuesday with Rewind Away as we go back to review Evolve. Number one, John Cena will stop by with some of his thoughts on that very first event from Rawway, New Jersey. 
Evolve one. Evolve number one, yeah. Excited to talk to Sino about it. And yeah, you have a Lenny Leonard Q&A coming out at the same time. I'm glad that Sino got in before this week because Evolve's probably going to be off the network after this week, right? Who knows? We'll find I, out. What, I, what is it, I, Thursday? Thursday? Thursday is the transfer, yes. You don't think somebody at NBC right now is transferring all the Evolve shows, the entire Evolve I mean, they're they're, they're going. They're stating that they'll they are in the process of transferring like everything, but won't be up by the summer. I don't know where Evolve will fit in the pantheon of priorities on the network. Just imagine, probably, like, probably right around Smoky Mountain. Imagine like the Evolve DVDs sitting next to like master copies of The Office and like Fast and the Furious and whatever else they've got on that. Well, I am I am sure that there's going to be outrage from some people on the new Peacock version of WWE Network, a, a transition that we will not have to go through. But I, I do encourage people to leave us feedback, maybe on the forum, those in the U.S., uh, to give us uh, their experience going through the, the network on Peacock and some of the changes and, and what's there uh, later this week. So that's going to wrap things up. Go check out postwrestling.com. Once again, Way, that sale is going on all week for patrons to get $7 off the official Rocky Maivia Picture Show t-shirt at store.postwrestling.com. Seven bucks. Seven bucks. Become a millionaire here at Post Wrestling. Good night.